0: hey what's up anime fans this is another episode of the Raychart Gatson anime podcast or rg for short And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Naruto with my pal Joshua from the Konohana Companion. We're going to be talking about the top three, our top three favorite characters from Naruto, telling you why we like them, our favorite moments from them. And also, we're going to try to get to know about Joshua a little bit more. So if that has you interested, sit back and enjoy the ride.
1: Thank you, everybody. I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm excited to I'm excited to talk about my podcast and what we have going on over there, and uh, you know, getting some getting some cross mingling going. You know, this is actually the first podcast that I've been on. Uh, I, I run an entire podcast studio called Monkey Mouth Studios, and uh, and I run several podcasts over there. I have like six podcasts that I'm actively uh, running, and uh, so there's a lot of cross cross-acting stuff going on there, but I mostly have people on. I haven't actually gone and been on anybody's podcast that isn't like a, an OG like from high school friend I get on my buddy Clifton's posted up podcast pretty regular I get on my buddy Elias's shut up you'll listen podcast pretty regular but I haven't ever um, been able to like effectively network and find that and uh, establish a working professional relationship with somebody and being able to go and get on their podcast so I really appreciate the opportunity uh, I'm super excited about it I think that uh, I think we're gonna have some interesting stuff to talk about for your people to listen to and like.
0: No, for sure, for sure, for sure. I didn't know you did a lot of different podcasts, so I feel like I can ask you this question. Because at first I was like, I feel like I know the answer to this, but I usually ask everyone of my guests, so what would you rate your your top three anime?
1: Oh, my top three anime? Um, I mean, that really depends, right? Like, there's different flavors of it. Like, you know, there's stuff that you watch, just like big violent explosions and like the novelty of what's going on. There's ones that you watch, like Slice, slice of Life stuff. Um, but I would say I could add a category for you if that'd be better no 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 because I can uh, because at the end of the day I think I can put a pretty fine tip on it up. so I mean obviously Naruto is going to have to go down as number one Naruto is the anime that got me introduced to anime. I grew up in like a small town in Texas, like you got picked on for being gay as hell if you were watching anime where I came from. And so, you know, I was like an all-state football player, power lifter, all district rather, not all-state. Um, don't, let me, don't let me misrepresent my creds. I was also voted most wittiest in my high school, though. So there you go. I can, I can, I can beef up the resume a little bit. But um, <laughs> the bottom line is that it wasn't like necessarily culturally acceptable. Uh, to be watching anime. And uh, I discovered Naruto uh, after I was graduated in in college stuff. And uh, I've seen every episode, every single episode, all the way. I mean, all the filler, all the Naruto, all the Shippuden, and I'm completely caught up on Boruto. Um, The next anime that I would probably put in that category uh, would be One Piece. Um, I'm a big, big One Piece fan. I think that Luffy... Um, might actually be my favorite character ever, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. Um, and then uh, I have to say Demon Slayer. Um, it, I, I was considering saying Berserk um, because I really, really like Berserk and Guts, but the the, the sexual violence in it really puts me off. Um, and so um, I'm going to have to give it to, uh, to Demon Slayer just because there's no sexual violence in there. And, uh, and well, not I yet, mean, the either. characters and the characters in, Demon Slayer are super endearing. The, all the Hashira are fun characters, yeah. especially the, char- the the Hashira that we've managed to go through an arc with to this point. Um, that didn't die. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even even Ring like Ring Goku, was a beast. Like, bro, whenever Reng- Rengoku. whenever Ring set his heart ablaze, uh, that was like one of the coolest fucking moments ever. Bro, he turned himself into a big fire tornado. Bro, like, yes, let's let's get it. I really like. A, and so that's I, why I really like. Uh, Demon Slayers, because it's so wholesome, one, right? Like, Tanjiro and them are super wholesome characters, but then also uh, I want whatever drugs they're doing in that studio, bro. Like, the the animation gets so out of oh, this world. Like, the second to last episode in the Entertainment District Park, whenever uh Rengoku and uh, the number six and the upper six have their like big fight, mm-hmm. uh, bro, the explosions and the fire and just everything that's going on. I've rewatched that episode like five times and I'm still finding like new neat stuff. And that's what I really like is that I've been able to experience something novel with it. I'm being able to see something I haven't seen before, even if it's just like a repackaging of something that's happened on other animes, right? Whenever I watch it, it has impact because I don't have any, it's like, this is new and neat and cool looking and mm-hmm. so it's just really really visually stimulating and rewarding on top of being super wholesome so um i have to say naruto followed by one piece followed by demon slayer are, are your boys top three current mm-hmm. with berserk is an honorable mention not taking the top three spot because of its sexual violence see i i don't like
0: berserk i hate the villain in there and it just, it just destroyed me. And to, people tell me that, that that actually should make me like that anime if I really hate the villain in that so much that I don't like the anime.
1: Well, see, I, just, the, I know what happened to you, though, is that you really loved Griffith. Like, you really loved Griffith leading up to it. And then you got betrayed, right? And that's like, ooh, every time I look at Griffith, I, like, want to love him. Um, and you can't, right? And, like, it creates this, like, feeling of conflict in you. and And I understand that, right? Like, you... They, they did the reverse. Most times they give you they give you a, a villain and then they give him like redeeming qualities as they go right. Whereas they gave you this badass character and showed you like little snippets of him being kind of shitty, but you were still like, I can put up with that. He's like my guy. He like leads the hawks. He like mm-hmm. his guts is dude. Like let's fucking go. Like sure, I see he's a little horny shit and like there's some weird shit going on here and there, but like willing to accept it because he's Griffith. And then he goes and like
0: just becomes what he becomes
1: and it's like it's the exact opposite so like every time even when he's being like the shittiest dude you still have these like weird little feelings of like i want to love him and uh it makes it difficult to watch i understand that
0: yeah yeah i just oh he just pissed me off see i just couldn't understand like he just loses fucking um guts and then just goes off the bandwagon and you're just watching. Well, like, you know, it's hard happens? whenever
1: it's it's hard whenever, you know, your your boy crush just left you for your girl crush and you can't smash no more. And so but he was not even
0: fucking with her. Like that was the thing that I like. He wouldn't even messing with one like or giving he back tried, her advances. He,
1: listen, when it, so I think what happened is whenever he got out of the torture chamber and he like was unable to uh, go out and be a horn dog, and he was left with no one to fuck and he's sitting there in like the cart with Casca right that's whenever it hit for him that's whenever he's like oh wow this is someone who like I've known for a long time as someone who blatantly cares about me let me try and then Casca like throws him off because he's not he's not the Griffith that she came up knowing and loving and it's just it just doesn't feel right for her and then her and Guts go to smash in the bushes and so you know it's like you got Griffith here who just got George Chamber is trying his best to get his dick wet with a chick that he's had an OG crush on gets turned down, loses his boyfriend, and then they abscond together. And so, uh, you know, it's it's a tough spot for Griffith. I mean, you know, all your ligaments are cut. You're not shell of who you used to be. Um, and he didn't know that whenever he whenever he killed himself on the branch that that was going to be what he was what he was going to fall into. Like he was really like trying to get the fuck out of there. And so he was broken. He's broken to the point that he's trying to end his own life. There's no telling what's going to happen once he's got the opportunity to be empowered at that point. Um, and I think that I think that those those godhead figures um, who we only got to see corporealized in that astral plane um, had like a big part to play in how that all got set up. Like they knew what they were doing. They knew what they needed to do to corrupt that individual for sure.
0: All right. That's true. I feel it. I say I've only watched it one time. I probably need to rewatch it. I've like, only I watched, to... it.
1: I'll only I'll watched watch it, watch it once, too. It was just really good. I'm a big Guts fan. Guts is a beast.
0: See, my thing was I always thought like that first episode gave us a feeling that the anime was kind of be about something different. Then it kind of turned into like a whole flashback. But see, I watched the older version of it. So I don't so... know if you this I know it's like different versions of it. But we need to get back to our uh, episodes before we end up talking about Berserk the whole time. Oh,
1: God forbid that we have a good flowing conversation.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. But um, since we're basically kind of talking about animes and stuff like that, what made you choose anime as like the the category for your podcast?
1: Well, if I'm being really, really frank, um, I had a buddy who I won't mention by name because I don't want him to potentially hear this and feel embarrassed that I basically called him out for not doing what he said he was going to do. But I had a buddy who was like always adamant that he wanted a podcast and that he wanted to do podcasting and that uh, he just like really wanted someone in the squad with him to like be doing it alongside i'm not necessarily a co-host or anybody but someone who could be doing podcasting as like a thing um so that he could look to somebody and be like hey you know can we share experiences and like we can learn and grow together and i was all about that um and uh i started my podcast and i uh, and uh, i followed through on it and now here we are Uh, And the other character didn't follow through on it and there they are um but uh, I chose to do uh, Naruto as a subject because um, there were two primary things, right? The, the biggest thing was that I knew that there are a fucking thousand episodes of Naruto and Boruto in total. And if I did an episode by episode review, I'd have a thousand episodes in my podcast that I could do, right? And so it was like something that I knew I would never run out of content to be working on. Right. And so, and so the Kona Hook Companion is basically like my bottom bitch, right? I have all these other ones that I'm doing. Right. But like the Kona Hook Companion is the one where like I'm getting my real good practice in all the time. And I'm always like sharpening my blade so that whenever I go to do an armchair mixed martial arts and I'm on my third episode of it, I'm not fumbling over myself because I'm just now figuring it out. I'm 40 episodes in on Naruto and I've been like sharp. I've been developing that experience and figuring out what tools I need. and so. Um, it was just Hello. gone indefinitely. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. and obviously I'm a huge fan. Like I'm like Naruto at the time. Whenever I started the podcast, was easily my favorite animated production of all time.
0: Okay. So when did your anime journey begin? Like when did you actually start watching anime? Because I think you said earlier, like towards college. Because I think that's yeah. The well, same so thing it was actually
1: see. it was actually after college. Um, okay. I uh. The mother of my child, um, actually, Jin, uh, got me into Naruto. Um, yeah, she just like knew how I was, knew my general demeanor and disposition and my orientation in terms of the things that I find entertaining. And she referred it to me and started watching it with me. And I was hooked. I mean, bro, I made it through the first arc, the first 19 episodes, the Land of Waves arc with Sabu's and Haku. And like, if you're not fucking hooked after that, then like Naruto isn't for you. Right. And Naruto Definitely. was for me, bro. Like I, I watched that first arc and was like, oh, holy shit, there's seven hundreds up de- there's seven hundred episodes of this? Cool. I know what I'm doing with my fucking life for the next year or two, <laughs> you know? And uh and so that's how I got into it. It was a it was a good referral um from a loved one. Yeah. So I got into it.
0: That that that's amazing. Cause that first seventeen episodes give you the action, gives you the talk, no jutsu, gives you some amazing characters. It kind of tries to set up how like your the difference in like ninja categories from you got the um beginning, then you got the Joning the Oh, project. there's
1: so much data. And that's another thing too, is that so there's so much. Like it's such a robust reverse that they've created mm-hmm. that um you can without proper orientation, lose track of what's important, right? Like, uh, so like whenever they mention that there's a such thing as a keke genkai, right? I go through and double down and go, look, guys, this is what a keke genkai is. This is why this, like, thing that they're talking about is important. And this is how you need to think about it and orient yourself moving forward so that you can have a coherent set of thoughts about this anime moving forward. Because I didn't have that. Um, I was just, like, in the deep end of it, trying to, like, keep track of what was what. And, you know, I was, I was like a white boy, right? So, like, these words <laughs> like Kike Genkai. Mount Boku, shit like that, like didn't really stick for me because I was, I was a little unfamiliar with like the type of words and just like the sound of Japanese words threw me off. And so it was really, really hard for me to like create good mental notes that I could stick with over a long period of time. And so, um, you know, whenever a subject gets brought up, I really hammered down on it as something that's going to be mentioned several times throughout the anime. And it's that you need to remember. And then also whenever it comes back up in the future, like, you know, 200 episodes in and they mentioned someone as a keke genkai i don't just go they've got a keke genkai and keep rolling i go it's a keke genkai and remember a keke genkai is a bloodline trait as was described in you know the the first arc and this is what it is and this is you know just remember this is what this is right and so um it isn't just like a weird words being thrown at you that you're unfamiliar with i try and provide some context and, and some orientation on the map
0: yeah, because that that'll introduce you to like Haku's Ice and then I think um Sasuke Sharingan I think those both are considered Kekai Genkai if I remember Absolutely. correctly. Yeah, see, like yeah. basically on what you were saying, it took me like watching the whole series and then after that watching a lot of YouTube um videos about Naruto from like Swag Kage and Seth the program and stuff like that.
1: But yeah, so see that's that I want you I want to avoid that for people. I, I recognize this as a problem for a, a, a novice viewer. And so I, I made a point to make it so that anybody who is watching it for the first time, like if it's your first anime and you're watching it, I'm there to be your companion as we go along so that you can uh, be oriented and, and you can have like a coherent set of thoughts on the matter.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. My last question. Our little mini interview we were doing is basically: what are your goals for the podcast? Are there any accomplishments you want to achieve? Or
1: no? I mean, the the point of the podcast for me is to enjoy myself and to and to foster a community of people who are like minded online. Um, that's all, you know. If money comes, that's cool. But I mean, I, I run several businesses, man. I, I run a, a nationwide cannabis company. I run a company where we we contract out commercial drone operations through a network of drone pilots. Um, and so this isn't like my my profit play. This is like my fulfillment play, right? This is what I get to do so that I can talk about things that I care about, that I think are important, so that I can find my own fulfillment and happiness. And, uh, you know, I'm real into anime. I'm real into mixed martial arts, and I'm real into philosophy. And so I have a podcast centric around each. That's pretty dope. Did you say like, do you like grow cannabis or... Uh, so, I don't, I don't grow it, um, but I sell it nationwide. I have a company called Radix Remedies, uh, and it's radixremedies.com, R A D I X. Um, and we sell like any form of cannabis that is hemp derived, right? And um, so we can sell like hemp derived Delta 9, Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 0, all types of like intoxicating and non intoxicating forms of cannabinoids so that you can get relief and so that you can enhance your recreation. Hmm, that's pretty dope yeah yeah it's fun dude like i said i I do stuff that i like like the drone stuff i got into uh because drones are neat and i had you know and uh it's fulfilling right like you're doing drone stuff how cool is that and then the cannabis stuff i'm a transgenerational weed head i've been smoking my entire adult life raised by a stoner and so Um, I'm a big, big believer in cannabis medicine, so I'm putting that forward. And then the anime and the podcasting, just generally exploring uh, the stuff that I find interesting.
0: Sounds like you're living life. I would love to do something interesting with um, weed. I've always been trying to look up for jobs in there, but... Where I'm at in Ohio it hasn't really become like recreational or anything, so it wasn't hasn't really been opened up yet.
1: Yeah, it's tough, man. It's it's wild that uh, over half the United States now has some form of medical marijuana, but the federal government is still listing it as a Schedule One drug that has no medical benefit. It's just completely dissonant.
0: And that, and that makes no sense. But, you know, I
1: mean, let, let's be frank. The, the federal government owns the patents for the medical use of hemp and cannabis derived cannabinoids like the like they already have patents from the 60s or 70s where they knew for a fact that they could use cannabidiol, CBD to treat seizures retroactively and proactively in uh, in epilepsy patients. Um, And so how can you how can you as an institution on one hand go, this plant has no medical value, but on the other hand, go these chemicals that can only be found in this plant have medical value, right? Well, it's like fucking A, the stuff in the plant has medical value. The plant has medical (laughs) value, my dude. Like, come on, anybody who like has any lick of common sense can tell that that's an, an illogical, unreasonable invalid and untruthful argument that the state's presenting. And this type of that type of stuff really undermines people's ability to respect the state and authority whenever they know that um, unjust and immoral and unethical laws based on ignorance are being enforced. Um, So yeah, it's a tough spot, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Well, So I'm here to be the change I want to see in the world, man. Like you want some, you want to fucking vape or some gummies or something, bro, send that shit right to your front door. Right now, like right now, I got guys in the warehouse right now that will send you a Delta 9 THC gummy, fucking mango or peach flavor dog, what you want, and we'll send it and you can get high and enjoy yourself in the evening and, and, you know, and get the relief that you need. And so I'm really, really happy that that's where we're at. I wish that it was fully legal so that we could, uh, you know... (laughs) not to skirt the line, but at this point we can effectively skirt the line so that uh, everybody can get the relief they need. So I'm really, really enthusiastic about that at least.
0: Yeah, that's pretty dope. I'm really excited that you, you do something like that and even that I got to
1: meet somebody that is in Bro, the Bro, we'll, 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 we can link up and talk about it more after the podcast man. because uh, <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm, right? Like we we need more people like that. It's the bottom line. For sure.
0: Now uh, we got about five more minutes, but We'll try to go ahead and knock off at least one of these. So we're gonna go ahead. of
1: it, I'll try and wrap it up whenever we got about thirty seconds left on my answer, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll, re- we'll reassess. Okay.
0: Well, so we're gonna go ahead and move on to our top three favorite Naruto characters. Um, I didn't know oh, if you oh, wanted shit. to start from number one to three, or did you want to do from the last one up?
1: The honest truth is that I don't think I can name them in any particular order. Um, okay, you know, it gets so- to where like they're all just in like a really special category of special characters in my mind.
0: Okay. Now I'm, I'm going to start for my last one. Do you could just pretend whatever order you want to pick? Okay, cool.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll try my best to go from my least favorite to my most favorite of my top three. I'll do my best.
0: Okay. For my first one, I have to pick sweat. Um, yes. A member from Taka. That is not Sasuke. I'm not that big of a Sasuke fan, but I love Suegesu, and the main reason is because of his ability to, like, turn into water. I just find that to be, like, really interesting, and it kind of makes you think like, damn, it's really hard to kill this motherfucker. But it does have a bitty, a pretty big weakness that I don't like, though, and that's basically lightning style. So if he has to fight anybody with lightning style, they can basically stop him from liquefying.
1: Well, you know, pretty much everybody's got their, their Achilles heel in Naruto. You know, everybody... Everybody can go down. No one's no one's impervious in, in the Naruto verse. So you know, um, I, I do I, I do feel you though, I do dislike that soygetsu could literally be taken out by like a fucking guinea with a basic lightning jutsu. It's like but, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> but he's super effective, bro. Uh, uh what I really liked about him is that it was like uh Naruto and soygetsu was like Itachi and Kisame, right? You have a uh Anuchiha and a water-based uh swordsman i mean he's literally yeah. a member of, he was a member of the seven swordsmen and so was kisame mm-hmm. and like they're both water based jutsu users they're both from the hidden mist they're both ninja swordsmen from the seven swordsmen when they were there at the time yeah and they're both partnered up with a new chiha I didn't even really think about it like that but yeah that's honestly the same comparison exactly yeah, yeah I I've always I've always liked
0: that uh, my but my favorite moment with Sway who will have to be where he basically had to save Taco from Killer B when he had to transform and then tell him to uh, go ahead and escape, but then Killer B hits him with the uh, the tail beast bomb and basically turns him into like puddles type shit. Fucking
1: mist vapor <laughs> turned when into vapor evaporated his man. ass. But Bro, Killer B is the dopest. Killer B so much fucking fun. I love Killer B. The the rapping and the lightheartedness like, everybody responds to being a Cherokee differently, and Killer B had, like, the healthiest response to being a Cherokee out of anybody. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm having a blast. You
0: yeah. know, do me. But he, to me, he also had a, a better bond with somebody, because he had, at least he had that bond with the Raikage. I feel like if you took that away, maybe it might have been a little different.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had a little bit more institutional support within his within his Ninja Village than but the But he other. did take I mean, a lot more... I mean, Gara, his dad was literally trying to fucking kill him. <laughs> and Naruto had the no, ho- the, the third Hokage, in whose What's version of taking care of him was giving him a one bedroom flat and like some allowance and being like, good luck, eight year old. You know? So <laughs> I think. And, and really- you know
0: what else pissed me off about that? And then you allow the lie that like Naruto is like this. Bullshit, kid. So, so the whole village hates him, and it is just like I just don't understand some of the things the Third Hokage did. He's one of, in my opinion, I will say one of the worst hokage is. But I just feel like he just—I don't want to say he's one of the worst, but he probably is the worst. <laughs> like I don't I mean, know anybody else out there. He knows like,
1: every jutsu in the book, like, except for far, fire, here. lightning, earth—all of them. He knows all the Jutsu. Like, you think Kakashi's cool with his thousand Jutsus he's copied? Heruzen knows every Jutsu in the book.
0: um I thought it was just the Leaf, though. I thought he knew all of, like, just all the Leaf Jutsu. Well, I mean, come on. The leaf is
1: like, I mean, like, the, the Leaf is sending more people to the tuning exams in every other village combined. Like, the, mm-hmm. the Leaf has got the big swinging dick in the ninja world right now. Heruzen's got every Jutsu in the book. Right? So, his his skill and his capacity as a ninja should never be in question but i mean remember he he with like nothing but an extending stick pushed the nine tails out of the village entirely um so like super duper capable he just maybe played the situation with naruto incorrectly um but mm, i you know, mean the, the shield the game,
0: situation
1: well so he said not to do that Donzo went went behind his back and did that. And this is why I have a bone to pick with Itachi because one of the big things that uh, Kakashi taught uh, the squadlings whenever they had Naruto tied to the post is that you have to know when to disobey bad orders. Like, it's friends over everything. And I feel like uh, Itachi didn't see through deception. Like the one of the first things that they taught us, whenever Kakashi was training the squadlings, is that a ninja has to be able to see through deception. One of the second things they taught us is you have to know when to when to disobey bad orders. And Itachi one didn't th- didn't see through Donzo's deception, where Donzo was deceiving him, acting like this was a leaf that a leaf a leaf co signed order right? That was an Mm act of deception. This was a a thing that Donzo went off and did on his own. And Itachi didn't see through that. And then Itachi didn't, even if he thought it was a legit order, didn't stand up for himself and decide not to. You know what I'm saying? And so it's one of those things where it's a tough deal. Um, I don't think in any circumstance it's appropriate for you to go and be committing genocide on children with a fucking katana. I've always said that, like, I don't understand why people say...
0: That he's their favorite character because I'm like, you literally destroyed your own clan. It's just it just makes no sense to me.
1: Well, I mean, but well, I mean, one of the big cruxes of Naruto is that it's supposed to be like it was village over clan, right? I mean, like uh Hashirama was ready to fucking murder Tobirama whenever Tobirama was trying to interfere with Hashirama letting uh Madara kill him. Remember that like there was a time whenever yeah. Uh, Hashirama was straight up like, bro for the sake of the preservation of the village, I will let you Madara kill me so that we can all know that this is legit. And Toby Rama wasn't down to let that go down and Hashirama was like, you stop, brother. This is going down. But this so- all started
0: because of Tobirama, didn't Because he? he killed um, Asuna. um moderate brother
1: danny well i don't know if it was actually toby rama who did that um but i mean it was war times right like those guys were doing war stuff they were killing each other back and forth i'm not prepared to be too mad at the guys who killed Moderate's brother um you know the thing that i the thing to be upset about is that um moderate trust wound up getting betrayed down the road and that was what wound up triggering um his whole arc right um and I mean I can't really say it was betrayed. Him and Hashirama had diverging uh, thoughts on how the on how the leaf should be ran. And frankly, I mean, let, let's be right, let's be real, right? Like there's two kind of schools of thought in terms of how people should be led in the Naruto verse. And there's like the 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 Naruto kind of loving, bring everybody together, and we'll all do it together way. And then there's like the Sasuke Madara. Um, we're going to lead by force and we'll do it through the strength of ourselves. And like, we will lead by our own strength and no one can question that. Mm -hmm. And I think that everybody knows deep down that like the right way to do it is the way that Naruto and Hashirama go for it. And so, um, I can't be too mad. Um, I just wish that, I mean, really the, the real asshole in the whole thing is Zetsu. if Zetsu had just let Madara die a natural death, um, this would all be this would all be for naught. You know what I'm saying? Moderate. or if he dead. didn't
0: change the tablets because if he didn't change the tablets, Mo wouldn't have got the whole idea for the Tsukiyomi. But also, I yeah. think what really pissed moderate off about Baharshi Rama, and I think it was in a last fight because it was a statement he always would say, and it was like he hate when people are like behind him or behind like behind his back. And then in the, in their last fight, he literally beats Madara by, like, stabbing him in the back. And <laughs> I think that was the one thing Madara would have never guarded against Rama just because of that. So I think well, that man, was at like... The
1: the, at the end of the day, man, it's a square fight. Like, that was a square fight. Uh, he used a wood clone, and Madara couldn't see through it, and he took the L. And one thing that I want to point out is the difference in... Like, people want to talk about how is better than Naruto. Nah, my dude. Let me tell you right now. Hashirama killed Madara with a knife through the stomach. In the first arc of Boruto, there's a there's a dude, I can't remember his name, but he's like a bad old project of Orochimaru's who's fixated on the attack. Oh, Shin? Shin no, well, is it? Is it Shin? Yeah, because they're all close. So it is yeah. all Shin. It is all Shin. So Shin stabs Naruto through the stomach with a katana. And Naruto's response to that is he doesn't even notice it. Sa- Sarada has to be like, hey, man, I think you're hurt. And he looks down and sees the sword poking out of his back and he's like, oh, whoops. And just yanks it out. And so st- knife through the stomach on Madara, death. Knife through the stomach on Naruto, whoops. See, There's but that's... A- I don't
0: think that's a shit. fair argument, though, because Hashirama, and Naruto both have healing factors. So, uh, uh, Moderate does it. <laughs> so I mean, even if you when you look at their fights, it look like um you will have to if you if you are thinking how they would be fighting, Madara will have to begin way more hits off on Hashirama. Hashirama is just healing himself up and allow him like being able to take damage. So Madara actually to me has to be a better fighter to the point to be able to fight him, yeah, take on the damn. You know,
1: crush to lean on for sure. Yeah. He's he's dancing on a on a sharper blade, as it were.
0: Oh, yeah. but uh, we might as well. Who
1: was your your third character? <laughs> you know, uh, I would have to say that uh, it's going to be Mike Guy. Mike Guy, I love Mike Guy. Too. Yeah, yeah. So you have you seen all the way through the war arc? Mm-hmm. So, bro, I, I'm whenever, all the way up. Whenever whenever Mike Guy opens up the final gate and fucking Madara declares him the strongest in Taijutsu ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Guy like doesn't even have the time to like talk shit at that point like you know every other fight they're always like talking shit and like bro once Mike Guy opens up that 8th gate he doesn't even take time to talk he just attacks in the very uh, the, the first arc the very first time that they like introduce Mike Guy Mike Guy tells the squadlings that the truth is is that he's stronger than Kakashi and everyone's like no way and like let me tell you, and everybody listening, Mike Guy breaks the fucking scales. That guy is way too strong. He's so strong that the chakra leaving his body started zapping his blood into a blood dragon. Like, yeah. Hashirama's got a wood dragon. Uh, uh, Zabuza's got a water dragon. Like Everybody's got the other dragons, and fucking Mike Guy makes one out of his own blood mist. Um, so he's, he's a badass, bro. And he's so wholesome too. Like he's, he's always there for Kakashi. Um, he's always there for his squadlings. He's always there. He's, and he's, and he's never got anything bad to say the way he responded whenever Tsunade tried to tell, uh, Uh, Rock Lee, that uh, he was done being a ninja. My guy was like, the fuck he is. That's not (laughs) Tsunade. That's a fucking imposter, bro. I thought that was hilarious. You're going to be a ninja, bro. (laughs) Don't make any mistake about it. And so, just the level of love that he has for for his squadlings and uh, the level of strength that he actually possesses. Um, You know, that combination of wholesome and strong is really, really hard to really, really hard to to turn a blind eye from he's he's a legend. He he broke heavyweight scales in the moderate fight. He pulled up to a fucking nine tails. Jinchuriki and like Keke Genkai special eye fight with like a pair of nunchucks, my dude. (laughs) And so anybody who's willing to square up with with a Jinchuriki with nothing but a pair of nunchucks is like a savage at heart and he gets my respect.
0: Yeah, I like my guy too. I think one of my favorite things about him is how much like care and respect and just trying to be there for Kakashi. He literally was for his entire life, like even to the point right now, like they're literally like the best of friends.
1: And I always thought Bachelors, they're still kicking it. There's going to be old men on the porch talking (laughs) shit eventually. And I just find it so crazy because you, you realize, like, if you watch
0: throughout the whole manga and the anime, I mean, read through the manga and then watch through the anime, you figure out that, like, Kakashi really needed my guy. Because there was a lot of moments where he was about to go down the wrong path and you have, like, my guy literally coming there and helping him out. And Absolutely. one thing I will say, though, we I guess you could say in the beginning, my game, my guy was, was kind of my was kind of screamed from the path because of like just trying to become a ninja because it was hard for my guy to become a ninja in the beginning but once he got through those barriers and stuff he basically became one of those characters where it was really hard to take my guy off his path or basically tell him now he's not what he is. So I was well, I mean, about des- that.
1: desperation's a tough thing, right? Like anytime that someone's like desperately like trying to get to achieve their goal to the point of desperation, it can cloud their judgment. And I think that my guy was like desperately trying to become a ninja. And that's what that was like the only time whenever he like had some, something going on that could have had him straight was that desperation that he mm-hmm. had. Um but ever since he became an actual ninja he's been able to like focus and keep his mind mm-hmm. right and um, like you said, help keep Kakashi on the right path and stuff. And I mean, he's just 10 out of 10 lovable. Like, he's that dude. Like, the, the relationship between him and Rock Lee is amazing. The relationship between him and Kashi, Kakashi is amazing. Uh, the way that he takes care of his the rest of his squad, Tintin and Neji is awesome. I mean, he's he's dope. But the one of my favorite fights in the whole anime is whenever him and Kisame fight.
0: Okay. Yeah, I like that. I think they fall like three or four times.
1: The the big one, whenever the whenever Kisame actually winds up dying. Oh, yeah, whenever he, when yeah, he basically
0: whenever. um I forgot what's the name of the move. Where um I know it's a Saku Jaku. He does a Saku Jaku, but um like a Sippuka what is the name of the main movie? Here, Dora when he busts out Dora for the first oh, time. Yeah. I fucking love yeah, I love that whole fight. Yeah, I love
1: how Kisame was like, How'd you do that? There was no there was no jutsu chakra. And he was like, That was just the fucking force of the atmosphere moving around my body, bro. Like he just got hit by fucking like world force. That was like
0: force from my punch. I forgot what it was. I think it's like a single punch or something. But yeah. now moving on to my second favorite character we kind of talked about him a lot when you brought up my guy, and i thought it was interesting because it brings me into my second favorite character which is kakashi one of the best leaders in anime, also one of the most well-known in his universe. I feel like a lot of people don't realize it, but it seems like every time Kakashi and, like, Group 7 go anywhere, someone recognizes Kakashi as either Kakashi of the Sharingan or the Copy Ninja. They recognize, so this man has... Mr.
1: Worldwide, for sure.
0: (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm surprised he's not in the Bingo book, but... yeah.
1: You know, my may- I mean, he most certainly, you know, so there's multiple bingo books. They're the, like bad guys have their own bingo book. Um, Because remember whenever and during the first arc, whenever we met the uh, the Akatsuki um, Money Grubber, what's his name? Kakazu. Yeah, Kakazu. Kakazu has a uh, has a book of ninja that and and he was wanting a he wanted a, he took out uh, I remember hit, I remember them talking about a dollar value that was on Osuma's head. And so there is a bingo book for... And then also Zabuza mentions uh, that uh, Naruto ain't shit because he ain't made it into his bingo book yet. And so uh, the bad guys definitely have their own bingo book and you can definitely guarantee that Kakashi's in there. He's just like a really, really big bounty and they're like fuck dealing with that guy. Like, you gotta have some nuts to go deal with with Kakashi at this point. I mean, he's... I mean, he's literally a Kage level. I mean, he literally is the fucking. He was the the Hokage for a, for a period of time, and so and so. Uh, yeah, he's a Kage level. Kage level. Most people didn't realize that he like snuck up on everybody because he's so chill and inconspicuous. But yeah, that guy is like low key Kage level talent the whole time.
0: Yeah, I'd say he kind of grew within the anime too, just like our main characters. Cause well, I, mean, I, don't damn, know, I mean, the Zabasu Kakashi is Kage level. I feel like well, Sonate could beat that Kakashi.
1: Probably, definitely. I mean, he definitely grew, right? He definitely grew mm-hmm. between between the very first time we were introduced to him and when he became the Hokage. And I mean, one thing that I never really liked about Naruto in retrospect, uh, in the actual anime as a whole, is that the level of jutsu that they were able to do in the first arc was almost nothing. Like Kakashi, like used his Sharingan like twice and like copied a water clone, and then was like so debilitated uh, that he like was bedridden for an extended period of time. And then like by the war arc he's like using dozens of high level jutsu and um using his Sharingan a dozen times and so it's just like where did this extra chakra come from if you're be if we're like being honest and 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 like coherent about this where did that extra chakra come from well how I, are they able to do more now
0: i think i can give a a, a, a little explanation of that a little bit okay. just from the lore and some of that would be like from arcs after that you they show like him learning maturing his sharingan being able to do more stuff like when he got the mangekyo he was able to i think it went from like four times he could do the shidori to like six or something but i think the main thing that helped him um open up more chakra and to be able to be able to use more chakra was him meeting his dad in the afterlife and basically getting that situation handled and taking care, of getting all that grief away from him. And I think yeah. that helped allow him to open yeah, up. And getting rid of
1: some of his mental blocks. Yep. That's
0: that's my that's my main theory for it. Cause that's really the only thing I can see well, in it.
1: You know, but, the only other thing the only other thing that I can come up with is that, you know, they discuss how in the earlier arcs how if you don't have your chakra appropriately balanced, your jutsu is uh, less chakra efficient. Right. Like they were showing where, like Naruto, because he had bad chakra control, was having to expend way more chakra than the average ninja whenever he was trying to produce his clones because he, he didn't have it balanced properly. You know, whenever you have it balanced properly, it all kind of goes with, right? But if it isn't balanced properly, you're having to compensate and drag it along. And so Kakashi may have been having to compensate for poor chakra control and was just like, ultimately able to do it through force of will and reserves of chakra. And as he grew as a ninja, um, got better at controlling his chakra and therefore made all the Jutsu that he was doing more chakra efficient. So he may have never even developed more chakra. He just might have been using less of that chakra to do the moves that he was doing because he'd gotten better at controlling and alignment in the chakra.
0: Yeah. Or you could like say, like, he just basically. Got better at using the Sharingan so that it basically allowed him not to zap as much of his chakra. Well, it's the same.
1: I mean, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it's I the consider thing. the utilization of the Keke Genkai the utilization of the Sharingan, uh, the, the uh, what, what, what do they call it? Uh, the the Aijutsu's uh, in general. Um, either the way, they have, they have a special, yeah, Dao Jutsu, right? Like he he's able to more effectively use his Dao Jutsu at this point. And so, um, but I think that you're right, too. I think that, that him getting over that grief and getting rid of some of his mental blocks would have definitely contributed to him like getting over the top.
0: That, yeah, that's just why I was thinking narratively. But um, my main reason for liking him is like five chakra natures. He can use all of them, so that basically allows him to use any jutsu. He's the fucking airbender, bro. And... My favorite moment with him is when he was basically going against the seven swordsmen, and he got to the point where he was like, "You know what? I'm pissed. I'm just gonna. I know a thousand jutsu, and I'm about to use them all." And it's like the first time you ever really hear him say that. And you're like, he got like Zabza
1: sword at the time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, that's a badass moment, bro. Yeah, so yeah. was your number two? Uh, so I mean, my number two would probably have to be Naruto himself. Like oh, Naruto. Okay. Yeah, Naruto is easily one of the most lovable and the most wholesome characters that have ever been produced in any, in any anime. The way that he uh, the way that he's able to empathize and the way that he's able to connect with these bad guys uh, is really really beautiful, right? Like the way that he's able to like objectively realistically look at his circumstance and recognize how if he hadn't had the influences that he had, or if he hadn't fallen into the circumstances that he had, he could be that person. He can literally, he recognizes how I could be you. And with that level of empathy, he's able to sympathize and he's able to uh, work backwards from where they're at and the level of empathy that he possesses and understand where they went wrong on their path and ultimately set people straight. And and I think that's really beautiful, right? Like the talk no jutsu. Like that yeah. the talk no jutsu right there is is the, the thing right there that takes it over the top for me. The fact that he's a like a real one and that he's willing to connect and he's willing to be forgiving and he's willing to uh accept the truth of character growth in bad guys. Um it's dope. Like that's that's the bottom line for me. And then also you have Kurama. You're right? That nine tail energy. I mean the, I remember the first arc, whenever I didn't realize what was going on, and that fucking nine tail energy came out of him, and he literally just punched straight through Haku's crystallized mirror dome. Oh, um, yeah, that's that's hype, bro. That's real hype. Um, and so you know, between his ability to be wholesome and be sincere. And also be, like, a radical badass anime character with the fucking nine-tailed demon inside of him who's doing Rasengan's and knocking down uh, Orochimaru's four gates and, like, literally doing all kinds of cool shit, bro. Like, like there there were, like, lots of moments whenever Naruto did some really, really, like, neat shit on the screen and so between Mm -hmm. the novelty that i was able to experience with the way that they were able to show him doing neat stuff with his jutsu and with the 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 nine tail energy that he was always grappling with and with his wholesomeness that's it's it's a no-brainer for me but i can't give him the number one spot because i know who my number one is like there's a clear 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 number one in my mind so i have to give naruto number two yeah,
0: I feel that too. I love Naruto, especially his fight with Pain and even his fight with Gara. But since you're talking about number ones, go ahead and give you my number one. Let's my, hear it. Number, my number one. To me, I feel like he's one of the best characters in Naruto. Like Without this character, I might not even watch Naruto. It has to be... I like to pit this person in two categories because I don't like him later on, but I like him masked obito i love masked obito i love deep voice masked obito because he just to me just was such a presence on the screen like you did not whatever what so, so you're man talking was.
1: about whenever whenever he was masquerading as Madara.
0: yeah whenever he was masquerading as Madara until they like untook his mask off at the end I just feel like once they took his mask off and his voice changed, because it went from like his voice was like really deep. And then it went from just like a regular voice. And I was just like, oh, he just lost that whole. Yeah, aesthetic. the intimidation
1: factor definitely went down. But I think, again, they're trying to make him more relatable at that point. Right. Like you can't really relate with him if he's like being like super intimidating with his voice. Um
0: I just liked it, that Madara so much. I just, and my favorite moment with that Madara is not even a fighting moment. It's a moment where he's um he goes to see Naruto like after the pain incidents during like the this, um the Five Kage Summit, and he's talking about Madara like, as if he's like really Hashirama, and he's just like, you know, this man that I so beloved, and we fought so many battles. And then you found out, like, this, he's not even mine. <laughs> like, this, all that whole speech he was telling Naruto was just bullshit. Like, he literally just came out of nowhere with that. I mean, and I just find that to be one of the most coolest scenes. I don't know why. I just love that scene. I
1: mean, it's great. I mean, I think it was a uh, Kinkaku and Ginkaku. Uh, the two brothers from uh, uh, that they wound up resuscitating during the war arc, mm-hmm. um, said that uh, that words are weapons. Like your words are a part of your ninja tool arsenal, mm-hmm. and uh, Obito definitely utilized his words. I would say the only character in Naruto that used their words more effectively to deceive throughout the entire series would have been Black Zetsu right that's the only one who had that who was doing deception better was zetsu but um he definitely i mean bro whenever he entered into the five kage summit and was like i'm madara declare war on all of you that's i mean like bro that's like goosebumps right now shit like that's like so good it's so good um so yeah uh masked Mass Dovito is a really, really solid choice. Where I ain't mad at that at all. I wish that I'd, I wish that I'd worked a villain into my list too. there are some really, really good villains, man. Like really, really exceptional villains in the series. But um, I also love
0: it, his ability to like have everything faced him, Because I love it's a an, another scene where they were basically about to jump on top of the tin tails. Um, Shaka. Uh, I can never think of Shaka Moro's sad name, but he was coming up with a plan. Shaka. That might be it. I know it's like I can't think.
1: So his dad's name and the name of the two tail is almost identical. Like it's like like, uh, it's like Shikaku and Shikaku. It's like an I or an E somewhere, but they're almost identical names. But I believe I believe Shikamaru's dad's name is Shikaku.
0: I just like when he gave him the plan, he was like, for all, I need all my fighters that, um, for modern, I need all my Taijutsu fighters and all of them to go against modern. But for um, Obito, y'all just basically gonna have to just try to fight him for 10 minutes and just try to see what happens after that because it's
1: like. (laughs) Literally, good luck, gentlemen. Good luck.
0: Y'all got a better chance than me. I just thought that was one of the most funniest scenes ever because I was like, E-Loki sounds like he almost stronger than Batara right there. But it's just because he has one of the most OP abilities in the world.
1: Yeah. So who's your number one? I'm kind of My number one is, I mean, my number one is a clear-cut number one. one. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no, like, the moment that we started talking about this in the text before we ever recorded when we were setting this up, I knew exactly who my number one is. It's Jiraiya. Oh jiraiya that's a good pick. That is a good I'll, pick. I'm gonna tell you right now, jiraiya is not only my favorite character in Naruto, but he's my favorite character in any anime ever. I've uh-huh. ever seen. Yeah, jiraiya um, interesting. Yeah, well, so we, there was a scene whenever he's talking he as a flashback and he's talking with a with a fellow ninja about his love for Tsunade. And they're basically asking him, Why would you why would you keep loving her whenever you know that there's like no chance of you being rewarded with that love back. And he explains the concept of unconditional love, where I'm going to love her for the sake of love. And hopefully she can at least be happy knowing that someone loves her out there. And like, it isn't for me. I'm not, I'm not loving her because I love I, because it's going to, because I'm going to get later because it's going to be good for me. I love that person because I love that person and that love is unconditional. It doesn't matter whether they reciprocated back to me the way I want it reciprocated back to me or not, I'm gonna love fully um because I love unconditionally and that's what people deserve. And like that moment right there concreted him as my favorite character anyhow. Yeah.
0: That is deep cool. I love his whole fight with um Pain. That that just to see his transformation into the um Sage mode, because before that we, well, I don't think we even knew what Sage mode was. So then I oh, think that was the
1: first time we ever saw Sage mode. Then we um, got
0: to see Jiraiya moving fast. This was like a whole new Jiraiya. I yeah, got I to mean, see the bro, bronze. we got
1: to, we got to see the heart of Raging Lion's main jutsu, bro. Um, we got to see his summons, bro. I mean, and I got a question for you. What's up?
0: Who you think is stronger between Orochimaru and Jiraiya? <laughs> stronger?
1: Yeah. Not who would win in a fight. Who's literally physically stronger. Who would win in a fight? Okay, that's a better. Orochimaru would win in a fight. Jiraiya's a good guy. Orochimaru's a bad guy, right? Like, Jiraiya wouldn't want to kill his friend. And I think that there would be moments of hesitation where is like, a good guy and having, like, internal conflict about hurting his friend. Um, Whereas Orochimaru would fucking put that sword through Jiraiya's heart in, like, an instant. And so I just think that, I just think the difference in demeanor would be the difference. Um, but I think if it was like straight up strength versus strength, um, that dude, Jiraiya's mega strong. I think the, uh, and so what I really like about the Sami is that they, they all represent kind of their own thing, right? Like Tsunade is the strongest, Orochimaru is the smartest and Jiraiya is the gutsiest. And that's what I like about Jiraiya is that he ain't the strongest, he ain't the smartest. He, you know, he, he, you might be stronger than him. You might be smarter than him, but he's got the fucking backbone, bro, to stick in there and fucking fight whenever no one else will. And like, Just like that's what carries him through, man. He's the gutsiest ninja that anyone's ever seen, bro. And I love that. I mean, who else is going to roll into the Hidden Rain solo style and fight six corpses that can reanimate themselves and actually get one? You know what I'm saying? Like he got one trapped in a fucking toad and sent back to the leaf. He was yep. able to get the he was able to get pain secret out. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think that there's anybody who could have went in there and accomplished what Jiraiya accomplished. Um, yeah. I think
0: at that point he was the strongest person in the leaf. But honestly, if you were thinking, I don't think, mm, no, I don't think anybody else could have. I don't even think Sonadi could. Because he was, he got blown away like it was nothing. So I don't think he would have been able to do it. And even Payne was like, if Jirai had known about the secret, he might have actually been able to beat him. So that he didn't
1: see, he didn't say might have. He said he would have if he had known our secret. We wouldn't have made it out. Like. Payne was very, very forthright and frank about that. That's the only reason why they were able to win that fight is because they had their secrets and they were able to take that advantage and run it into a dub. But I mean, yeah, if if, if had come in there informed, there's I mean, Payne said it himself, Jiraiya fucking killed me. So um, you know, yeah, that's a he's a badass. And again. The, I mean, there's a common thread between the guys that I like, right? It's all about wholesomeness, right? Like Jiraiya is a particular type of wholesome. And I love that, uh, he's able to be like a pervert and he's still, he's still, whole wholesome. Theory. right? Like there's, there's like weird weirdness in America these days where like, if, if you're a pervy dude, you're like somehow immoral or unethical and like not able to necessarily control your impulses and shit like that. And it's like, nah, bro. You can be a horny motherfucker and still be like the best dude on the planet. Jariah proved it, and so uh, you know it, it's definitely allowed me to like. I mean, you notice every single podcast that I produce, I put a hashtag Pervy podcaster. You know, I I, I I'm a fucking roaring curvy, always have been, and I love that. I love that Jariah gave me somebody to kind of identify with. Like, oh wow, he's a horny motherfucker. I'm a horny motherfucker. He's a good dude. I'm a good dude. Like, wow, we can make this work, and so. Uh, and and the way that he the way that he um, the way that he fostered Naruto the way that he took care of him there's just so many things about Jiraiya that that I it, my head like literally starts to spin whenever I want to start breaking down the reasons why I love Jiraiya because they're 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 all over the place. I mean every every interaction the guy had I was like wow. I mean even the moment whenever uh, whenever he uh, saw through the deception with the uh, the chick and went and confronted Kisame and Itachi. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many moments where where Jiraiya appropriately earned the adoration that he receives.
0: Okay, I feel that. Before we um, end the conversation, I wanted to ask, did you have any like uh, honorable mentions or anybody else you wanted to um, say?
1: Well, you know, uh, the only other person who I really want to talk about isn't actually a Naruto character. It's uh, Tanjiro from Demon Slayer um yeah i am uh so he is now one of my like i would actually probably put him above my guy in my in my list of favorite characters all time um tanjiro is just so wholesome and so sweet and uh motivated by like such noble ideals bro and the way that he like pulls um inosuke and uh zenetsu together and the, the way that he uh has won over some of the Hashira. It's all through like being wholesome and good, and uh, and that's what I really like, man. I mean, like like you've like you've like I've pointed out, my my common thread is wholesomeness, and I think that Tanjiro is easily one of the most wholesome characters that have ever been created in any anime. So I have a lot of respect for for him as a fictional character and the creators who create him. Yeah,
0: I fucks with Tanjiro too. I like a lot of his action, um, some of his moments. I love. How much damage it seemed like he took in that last season of um I don't remember what um the entertainment disregard. Entertainment man, the amount of damage he took in those last few episodes and still was fighting. I was like, how fucks with Tajiro? But I also like his beginning when he like t- like what made um I forgot the the original dude want to train him when they were like he came to um kill his sister and then out of nowhere he threw that axe in the air to like stop him i love that whole moment yeah i thought that was one of it's to me it's kind of like how i got into my hero when you got um midoriya and you have that one scene where he tries to save kanchan and everybody's just looking around like what the fuck and i just love that scene and every time i see that scene it makes me just want to rewatch my hero because it's it's a wholesome scene
1: i actually haven't seen any of my hero Academia. What you you definitely got? Buddy, it. So you, you got to understand. I'm actually pretty new to anime. I mean, since I since I started watching anime, it's been all Naruto, and I'm like 500 episodes in on One Piece, and I've managed to watch all of like uh, all of One Punch Man, all of Berserk, all of uh all of Demon Slayer. But I mean, that's pretty much the the lineup in terms of what I've been able to watch in the last Dang. you know six seven years. However long I've been watching. Yeah, you,
0: it's a few more OG animes you should um, especially like Yu Yu Hakusha. I feel like you should look at that. Never seen,
1: huh? Never seen a single episode either, but
0: you know what? After we get done with this, I'm gonna have to message you some animes.
1: You should Bro, look shoot at. shoot me over a list, man, and maybe we can get back together and talk about my responses to uh to some of these new animes, right? Like maybe I maybe I watch one of the ones you send over to me to completion and then we, we do a quick, like, rundown on how I felt about it after I watched it on your recommendation.
0: We could do that, or we can um, do another episode on some of these um, Naruto episodes, since I've watched Naruto so many times. So if you're <laughs> talking about a special can, As episode. you can tell,
1: I can talk about Naruto. I can yeah. I can talk about motherfucking Naruto, bro. So when you need content, hit me up, bro. I'll, I'll talk about Naruto. You ain't gonna have to twist my arm at all.
0: True. I like talking talk about Naruto, too. I And then the crazy thing about like before this episode is like trying to find someone else that really want, that talks about Naruto, because I find a lot of podcasters that talk about different anime, but they never really be like wanting to go into Naruto or even Boruto, because I think that was the hardest trying to get people to want to talk about Boruto. I'm
1: not coming and talk about Boruto with you. So that's another thing is that, you know, I'm doing an episode by episode review of every episode of Naruto through Boruto, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to go back and rewatch everything. Like I'm watching Boruto actively keeping up with it, but I'm not going to talk about that shit for years on my podcast, bro. And I've got thoughts. I mean, you heard how I talked about the the character development of Kagura Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the making comparisons between fights at Hashirama and, Madara had versus fights that uh Naruto and Sheen had. Like I'm I'm there for it, bro. I've got the I've got the I've got the perspective on it. So I'd love to talk about any anything more about Naruto Boruto, bro. You hit me up, we'll make it happen. For sure.
0: And with that, we end today's podcast episode. I want to thank everyone for listening. Hopefully we chose one of your favorite top three. If not, list them in the comments and tell us why we're stupid for not picking them. Exactly. And I wanted to allow you to plug yourself before we go. Where can um, everyone find you and basically the name of your podcast, I
1: guess. Super cool. Well uh, so you can find all of my content on monkeymouthstudios.com. Uh, we host all of our own content. I say a lot of hellacious shit. And I'm certainly like in gonna get canceled in due course. So we proactively have everything hosted on our own platform so that we're uncancelable. Um, But outside of that, you can find me on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, a few other spots. Look up the Konoha Companion, you'll find it. I also run a mixed martial arts podcast called Armchair Mixed Martial Arts, um, where we do a preview and review of every major UFC event. Uh, I also run The Ones Who Woke Up, which leans into my psychedelically influenced Zen philosophy. I also uh, co host Shut Up, You'll Listen with my buddy Elias, who is it's kind of like a, a, a lifestyle podcast where they lean into pop culture and stuff that's happening on social media and stuff now. Um, what else do I have going on? I Man, I got a lot of stuff going on Radix for the cannabis stuff, Drone Dispatch.com or DispatchAdrone.com for the, uh, for the drone stuff. Um, what other podcasts? Oh, Portal Boys podcast. I do an episode by episode review of, uh, of Rick and Morty. There's a new season coming out, so that's gonna be exciting. Um and I mean hell, if I if I forgot to mention something, you'll you'll find it on monkeymouthstudios.com, I'm certain. Most,
0: most definitely. I'll link all your um, information on below. So if you guys want to find out, find that out, go ahead and click below. Go fuck with me, guys.
1: And with that, I say peace. And hey, thank you so much for having me on. You're a king, bro. Keep doing you. Oh, most definitely. This was peace, fun. buddy.
0: All right, I'll see you later. Peace, man.